You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So as we go through the second chapter of Yivamot, we're getting into definitions of permitted and forbidden marriages, but also issues of propriety and impropriety. And we dealt in the eighth Mishnah with someone who was claimed to have a relationship with a married woman, Hanitan al-Eshet Ish, someone who's suspected or this this should be more than suspected, someone who who has a fair, a reasonable degree of suspicion about a relationship with a married woman. And we learned in the eighth Mishnah that if she divorces, he's not allowed to marry her. It wouldn't be, there's some lack of propriety there. It would substantiate the allegations that he did have an, implicit, an, an illicit relationship with her before she divorced. And in the ninth Mishnah, the text picks up this theme with a statement which reminds us of the first Mishnah in Gittim. The first Mishnah in Gittim deals with someone bringing a bill of divorce from abroad. get mi medinat hayam. And our Mishnah in Yuvamot begins in exactly the same way. Someone who brings a bill of divorce from a country beyond the sea. Some place out there, some foreign land. The country beyond the sea. So we don't know that this, we don't, we can't see the husband. We don't know much about the conditions in which this bill of divorce was written. Did the Bet Din know how to write a divorce properly? Did they know that a get has to be written specifically for the woman in question? Was it properly witnessed? We don't know anything about this. And Halacha has brought down in Gitin that the person who brings the get must say, and it's repeated in our Mishnah, someone who brings a bill of divorce from a country beyond the sea and states, it was written in my presence and it was signed in my presence. If we don't have this testimony, then the, the get, the bill of divorce is not married, is not valid. The bill of divorce is not valid. But our Mishnah goes further, and it says, Lo yisa et ishto. He shall not marry his wife. His wife referring to the wife of the man, uh, referring to the wife who's just been divorced, the wife of the person who writes the get. In other words, in, in other words, that the person who, the person who, who testifies to the validity of the get is acceptable as as a witness if the woman wants to marry anybody else. But he's not acceptable as a witness if he wishes to marry the woman himself. He is considered to have a conflict of interest. And the Mishnah then continues, mate, he died. This means that the individual testifying testified he died. Haragtiv, I killed him. This is an extraordinary statement. The man is testifying, I killed the husbands. Haragnuhu, we killed him. And the Mishnah continues in the same vein. He can't marry the woman in question. Ishto, his wife, referring to the wife of the man, the, the pre, referring to the wife of the previous husband. Why not? Well, 
Well, um, again, we're quite, there, there are questions about incentives, I guess. Just as we can't trust the integrity of someone who's testifying about um, he's testifying about the integrity of the bill of divorce. If he wants to marry the woman in question, maybe maybe he killed. Maybe we can't trust his testimony as to the whether the husband is alive. Haragtiv, I killed him. That's a really interesting question. If he's a murderer, do we trust his testimony? And the Gemara finds eventually that we are not allowed, someone is not allowed to incriminate himself in the witness box. Not so much according to the modern, I think the Fifth Amendment prevents being asked to self-incriminate, but there's an idea. It's a classic idea in laws of testimony that witnesses, wit evidence is not acceptable from a relative. So, for example, your brother cannot testify against you in court or your sister cannot well that sister doesn't relate in particularly in this case your brother can't testify against you in court and the gemara finds that a person is considered to be his own relative a person is considered to be his own relative therefore his testimony about himself is not acceptable so the gemara finds that when he says I killed him. Actually, we will not accept his testimony about himself being a murderer, but we will accept his testimony about the husband being dead. Haragnuhu, we killed him. Similarly, we will accept his testimony that the individual in question is dead, but we still rule lo isa et ishto. He the person bringing the testimony cannot marry the woman in question. We might accept his testimony that the wife's husband is dead, so she can marry anybody else, but she cannot marry the witness. And Rabbi Yudah is going to disagree. Rabbi Yudah Omer, Haragtiv Loti Rabbi Yudah says, if he testifies I killed him, his wife may that the woman may not marry at all. Rabbi Yudah doesn't doesn't will Rabbi Yudah will not accept evidence from the murderer. He can't disassociate the crime, the 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 criminality of the murder from the integrity of the witness. And similarly, although Rabbi Yudah says Haragnuhu, we killed him. If if the man testifies, we killed him. Tina seishto. The if he if he testifies, we killed him. Rabbi Yudah would say actually she can marry. I think on the grounds that by saying we killed him, he's not admitting to he, to being the murderer himself. The halakha, by the way, does not quote according to Rabbi Yudah. If he testifies, I killed him or we killed him, he can't, the, the, the woman can't marry the witness, but she can marry another person. What about other kinds of impropriety? And, you know, we read a lot today about the dangers of the, you know, and the transference that's, that can arise and the dangers of relationships between leaders of the community 
and their congregants. And it's something which I think in probably all modern rabbinical schools, rabbis are told to beware of and to be careful of. And the Mishnah, it's very interesting. I mean, there's a story about a relationship between Rabbi Meir and a congregant, which we might learn on another occasion. And it's very interesting that the Mishnah in Yivamot addresses this exactly. A sage. So we're talking about a leader of the community who has pronounced a woman forbidden to her husband because of a vow. So she has made a vow that she's forbidden to him. Her husband has not been willing or not been able to overturn her vow. The chacham has not been willing or not been able to overturn her vow. And therefore, she is forbidden to him. And the halacha is that after one or two months, he has to give her a he has to give her a divorce. After he's given her divorce, can he marry her? The sage, the person that was involved in in essentially um, in the train of events that led to the divorce, cannot marry the woman in question. Just like the witness who witnessed the get, there's a question of lack of propriety here, question of incentives. We don't allow it. If she made a declaration of refusal, this is a minor who's married off by a relative below the age of 12. At the age of 12, she can make a declaration before the Bet Din that she refuses to enter that marriage. And then she's no longer married. She's free. Or Shechal Tzabafanav, maybe she performed Chalitza in his presence, as we've learned in the, in the tractate of Yuvamot. Yisa'ena, at this point, he is allowed to marry her. A member of the Bet Din can marry someone who performed chalitza in front of the bet din, because it's a requirement of the court. The refusal or the chalitza is a requirement of the court. The It's not considered to be a personal, let's say a personal act of the dayan. And all of these situations. So someone comes from, someone comes from over the water, there's a witness that he's died, or perhaps the witness killed him, or perhaps the witness was part of a group who killed him. He must not marry the witness. But the Mishnah concludes, If the witness already was married, and then the witness's wife died, and the same would apply to the Chacham, by the way, Mutarot, Mutarot linaseh lahem. At that point, he can marry. There seems to be a, some assumption, even though we, we've learned frequently in the Mishnah of Yivamot that it was permissible for men to have two wives, there seems to be some assumption at this point in the Mishnah that it was not common, that it was not done. Someone who had a wife would not commit perjury in order to take on another wife. That's the basic assumption of, the, of this part of the Mishnah. All of these people, they had wives, but then the wife died. So when they gave the evidence or when they were unable to release the vow, they were married. And then their wife died. Mutarot They are permitted to marry them. Somehow we're less anxious about impropriety at this point. And along the same lines, 
So, and maybe the woman married somebody else. Neat Almanu or Neat Garshu. And then she was widowed or then she was divorced. Again, Mutarot, Lina Selahem. The witness or the Chacham can at this point marry them. Now, the assumption is that someone is not going to commit perjury for a woman who he can't marry until after her husband is going to die or divorce. And they're all permitted to their children or their brothers. I.e., again, the assumption seems to be that someone will not commit perjury for the sake of their brother or their children. And the Rambam um, just gives us a sense as to where we're coming from here. He says, Kulam imkanas With all these situations, and these are, for example, the situation, for example, perhaps someone who made a, a um, um, someone who has uh, witnessed that somebody died or killed or, or we killed him. In all of these situations, if he did marry her, we don't make him send her away. Other than with respect to a married woman. In other words, if there's a suggestion of impropriety with a married woman, just as we learned in the previous Mishnayot, where we learned that if someone is suspected of a relationship with a married woman and then he marries her, we actually force him to give her a divorce. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.